You're now listening to Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church's podcast. We hope that it will help you with your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ and your relationship with the people around you. God bless you. We are worshiping an awesome God, right? Praise be unto the Lord. From time to time, I would hear my mom who's taking care of my daughter I would hear the words, I will tell daddy about what you did. Or I would hear my wife telling her, daddy said you read your assignments and she'll, she's going to do it. Daddy said you have to attend your classes online regularly and she's going to do it. Why is there, is there an invocation like that? Because in that sense, there is an awareness that my daughter acknowledges my authority. This is similar with what happens when you are still children and then you play with each other and then you tend to do something that is wrong as perceived by your playmates and they would say, I'll tell your parents about what you did. Because once it is mentioned, it gives us the idea that the parents have the authority over the life of the children. Or if you do something wrong, somebody would give you a warning, I'm going to tell the police about this thing that you have committed. And that would give us an idea that the police is perceived to be someone who has the authority over a person or over, over every one of us, especially when we commit a mistake. There are authorities around us. Whether you like it or not, they exist. They exist in the home. They exist when you are inside a mall. They exist wherever you may be, even inside a church. There are authorities that we acknowledge. The very passage that we'll be looking at tonight is filled with this idea, themes about authority. And I would like us to open our Bibles in the book of Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, beginning with verse 1 up to verse 10. I will read from the New English translation. Luke 7, verses 1 to 10. After Jesus had finished teaching all this to his people or to the people, he entered Capernaum. A centurion there had a slave who was highly regarded, but who was sick and at the point of death. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish leaders to him, asking him to come and heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they urged him earnestly, He is worthy to have you do this for him, because he loves our nation and even built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not presume to come to you. Instead, say the word, and my servant must be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, when I say come, he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. He turned and said to the crowd that followed him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. So when those who had, who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave well. May the good Lord bless us upon the reading of his words. As I have mentioned to you earlier, whether we like it or not, 
there is a reality of acknowledged authorities around us. From the text that we read, right away when you reach verse 2, you would see the word centurion. A centurion is someone who leads soldiers of the Roman Empire. And in his command, there are 100 soldiers. That is why he's called centurion from the word sent. It means a hundred. A hundred soldiers were under the command of the centurion. So this gives us the idea that this person mentioned here has an authority. Take note of that. After mentioning the word centurion, there is another character in the narrative, in the story that was mentioned, and that person is called a slave. When you perceive about this word slave, there is an idea that this person does not have an authority over himself. Instead, there is an acknowledged authority over him, and that in this case is the centurion. So the centurion has the authority not only over the soldiers that he was leading, but he has also an authority over his slave. So take note of this idea because this text that we have read is filled with this theme about authority. But there was a problem happening in this passage. The centurion's slave that is described in the passage as highly regarded. Meaning to say this centurion valued so much this slave, which rarely happens, or this word highly regarded is rarely described by a master to a servant. And this centurion is regarding highly his servant, but he had a problem this time because his servant is sick and he is at the point of death. And that poses a great danger, that poses a problem here. And let's look at what happened next. When you look at verse 3, he had some individuals around him, no ordinary people, but they were called elders of the Jewish people or Jewish elders. Jewish elders are no ordinary because they are perceived to be individuals who are knowledgeable, who are leading the community, who are leading in the synagogue. A synagogue is a place that uh, serves like a multi-purpose during those days. They use a synagogue to wor 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 to worship. They use the synagogue as an educational place or area. They use the synagogue as a place of litigation or as a place where they discuss matters about the community. So a synagogue functions in many different ways in the olden days. And these individuals were leaders, I believe, of the synagogue. They were Jewish elders. And so these are no ordinary people. And yet this centurion who is perceived to have an authority said to them, Jesus just came into Capernaum and I would like you to go to him and tell him to give my request to heal my servant, to heal my slave. And here comes the Jewish people, the Jewish elders. They went to Jesus. They followed the order or the request of the centurion. It gives us the sense that the centurion's authority is acknowledged even by the Jewish elders. How did this happen when in fact Jewish people are looking at themselves highly in contrast to how they perceive the Gentiles? This centurion is a Gentile. But why did they obey him? This gives us the idea that they acknowledge his authority. And so they went to Jesus. When they were there already in front of Jesus, they appealed to him and they brought to him the request of the centurion. 
And we will find out the reason why when they said to Jesus, look and listen to these words. They said to him, he is worthy to have you do this for him. These are the Jewish elders. They were talking now to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they were there, the first word that came, words that came out of their mouth was, He is worthy. He is worthy to have you do this for Him. Why did they say that? Because He loves our nation and even built our synagogue. Well, this gives us the reason why they just followed the centurion. Because the centurion gave them a favor in the earlier account that he built the synagogue for them. Ikaw, nagbigay ng favor sa'yo yung tao, the natural response will be, you will also give to him another favor if he asks it from you. And so that's the very thing that happened here. And that is why they went to Jesus and obeyed him and telling Jesus he is worthy of the favor that you are about to give. Pay your attention to him. Go to his house and heal his servant. And so Jesus just went with them. Let's look at the story again. Jesus went with them. And then when, when they were about to arrive or they were not that near yet, but they were getting near of the house already, the centurion saw Jesus. And this is what he did. He sent his friends earlier he sent the Jewish elders to tell Jesus. Now Jesus, along with the elders and those people that were following him, they were getting nearer the house already. And when the centurion who was inside the house saw them coming, he said to his friends, you go to Jesus and tell him these words. Now listen. Listen to these words. He said in verse 6, when Jesus was far from the house or getting near, I believe, the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am unworthy. Wait a minute. There is now a conflict between the statement of the Jewish elders and the statement of the friends that were sent by the centurion. The Jewish elders said, you are to give attention to him because he is worthy. He is worthy of the favor that you would give to him. And yet when Jesus was approaching the house, the centurion sent his friends with a message. And the message is that, Lord, do not trouble, trouble yourself for I am not worthy. The Jewish elders said, he is worthy. Now the centurion sent a message saying, I am not worthy. Why is there a conflict in their story? I believe, I believe the Jewish elders were really trying to convince Jesus, saying those words, he is worthy, so that he would really respond to it. But the centurion had a different mindset. He had a different understanding about the matters taking place. That is why he said, I am not worthy. While well, I was wondering, how did he know Jesus? He was a Gentile. How did he know the Lord? If you look at the previous chapter, look at the previous chapter, go back to chapter 4, and you will be able to see there a moment in the past wherein Jesus visited Capernaum. Now, the text that we read, the one that we have 
that we are discussing is in chapter 7 and it happened in Capernaum. So this visit of the Lord in chapter 7 wasn't the first time that he went to Capernaum. In fact, in the previous chapter, in chapter 4, he was mentioned to have visited Capernaum already. Now let's look at chapter 4, beginning with verse 31. So he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because he spoke with authority. Take note of that word. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! Leave us alone! Jesus the Nazarene, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, Silence! Come out of him! Then after the demon threw the man down in, in their midst, he came out of him without hurting him, they were all amazed and began to say to one another, What's happening here? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirit, and they came out. Take note of the words, word authority. It was repeatedly mentioned in chapter 4 because during this time, there was a power struggle. There was a man inside a synagogue that was built by this centurion. Take note in chapter 7. When the elders of the Jewish community went to Jesus, he said, He is worthy of your attention because he loves our nation. And other than that, he built the synagogue for us here in Capernaum. So the centurion was the one who built the synagogue, which Jesus visited earlier in chapter 4. And in that particular time when he visited the synagogue, there was an encounter, a power struggle because there was a demon-possessed inside the synagogue. Think about the scenario of a demon-possessed person. A demon-possessed person doesn't have now the authority over himself because he was taken over by the devil. That's a demon-possessed. And for the devil to stay away or to move out of the body of the person, it takes another authority that should be perceived as higher than the authority of the devil inside. And so when Jesus went there inside the synagogue, he saw this demon possessed and he had the authority over the possessed, over the demon, and he commanded him to go out of the body of this man. And the demon obeyed him. So the idea here is that Jesus is perceived to us to have an, a higher authority than the demon. And that is why when you look at the comments here, the individuals who saw the incident they were amazed and perplexed about what happened because when they saw everything, they said, what's happening here? This guy really has an authority. So take note of that. During this time, I believe the centurion had the idea about Jesus. And that scenario that he remembered in chapter 4 was a scenario that displayed authorities and the authority of Jesus Christ. That is why... When you go to chapter 7, you would notice that there is an issue or there is an acknowledgement, an invocation about Jesus and that has something to do with his authority. Now listen to this. They were approaching the house of the centurion and he sent his friends to meet Jesus outside. This may seem so unhospitable, but he was having something in mind that you and I should take note of. Okay? Let's look at what he said again. He said, I am not worthy. And he continued with his statement in verse 8. 
For I too am a man set under authority and soldiers with soldiers under me. Why did he say he is unworthy when in fact the people around him perceive him as a worthy person? The reason for that is found in the statement that he uttered to his friends so that they would say the statement to Jesus. What was the statement? For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. Now listen to this. If I am the centurion, there is an acknowledgement of individuals under my authority. Those individuals are the hundred soldiers. Those individuals are my slaves and servants in my house. Those individuals are even those who respected me within the community. So they are under my authority if I am the centurion. However, in his statement, something you, that you and I need to take note also, when he said these words, I too am a man set under authority. So if I am the centurion, there are individuals under me, I am also acknowledging that there is a higher authority that is governing my life, that is governing me. And what is that authority that he's acknowledging here? A centurion is a leader commissioned by the Roman Empire. In other words, he's telling, he's telling his, his friends, tell Jesus about this. Yes, it is true that I have individuals under me. I have authority over them. But this is a reality that there is an authority over me, greater than me. In fact, this authority that I have, that authority that the centurion had, was just given to him by the higher authority, and that is the Roman Empire. So if you take away, if you take away the authority vested upon him by the Roman Empire, this centurion will turn to a very ordinary citizen will turn into a very ordinary person who does not have the authority. Are you following me? And so if you understand this matter, there is an understanding that whenever he commands those subordinate to him, they will obey him not because the authority is inherent to him, but they will obey him because they knew that he has the authority of the Roman Empire. The soldiers, whenever he tells his soldiers, you go there, you march forward, they'll do it. Why? Because of the authority vested upon this guy by the Roman Empire. And so everyone around him who are under his authority will obey, will acknowledge his commands, his statements, his words, because they knew that he had the authority of Rome. Take note of that. And now with that kind of mindset operating within his brain, he saw Jesus Christ. He perceived him as someone with authority. And Jesus was approaching. His understanding is that wherever I go as a centurion, I bear the authority of the Roman Empire. When I say to someone, you do this, they'll do it because they see the authority of the Roman Empire in me. Jesus is coming. Jesus is approaching and he saw Jesus with a kind of mindset. He said, I am not worthy to be your host. Please don't proceed into my house because I am not worthy. 
And what he meant by that statement with it, that kind of mindset is this. Jesus, wherever I go, people would acknowledge my authority because they see the authority of Roman Empire. I bring it with me. But whenever I see you approaching my house, I cannot let you into my house because I am not worthy because I know as you come to my presence, you bear the authority of heaven. Are you seeing that point? He perceived Jesus as the representative of God. The heavens itself is give, has given the authority to the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that matter, he saw himself, yes, I have the authority of Rome, but what is Rome in the eyes of the Almighty God? He saw Jesus and he sent his friends. Tell him, I do not deserve his presence under my roof. I do not deserve to be his host. I am unworthy. If you just read the text sweepingly, you won't get the point of the matter. But this time it's getting clearer that there is a play of authority here. And there is an acknowledgement of authority. And out of this, when Jesus heard the statement of the centurion, he said, there has never been a faith in Israel like this. Or how did he say it? If you look at verse 10, I, verse 9, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. There is no one in Israel that I have observed having this kind of faith. And what is that faith that he's talking about? The faith in the authority of Jesus. That is why the centurion, when he saw Jesus having that kind of mindset, he said, you don't have to go to my house because I'm unworthy. I am not worthy. All you need to do, Lord, is just say it. Just say it and my slave will get the healing from you. Just say it. He acknowledged the authority of Jesus over the sickness of his servant. He acknowledged the authority of Jesus over the impending death. He acknowledged the authority of Jesus as he was approaching his house, he saw the authority of heaven vested upon him coming to his house. And he said, I am not worthy to host such a person with a heavenly authority. Now take note of these two things that I want us to bring home out of this narrative. First is this. Every authority that you observe on earth is under a higher authority. This centurion acknowledged that he had an authority over others and yet he is aware, so much aware, that there is a higher authority that governs him. Reality is that every authority that you will see here on earth is under a higher authority. This is clearly demonstrated in every aspect of our being. In different facets of life. You go to your home. There are authorities in the home. Paul advised the wives. The advice of Paul to the wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. What does it mean? It means that Paul is teaching the believers to acknowledge the authority of the husband over the wife. So the husband has the authority. But listen, that authority is under a higher authority. That is why Paul continued with his statement. He said, husbands, love your wives 
as Christ loves the church. There is now a point of reference of the authority of the husband and the point of reference is God himself. And what does it tell us? It tells us that even if God instituted the husband to have the authority over wife, the husband should be always aware that there is a higher authority that is governing his life. You go to a school. The teachers have authority over their students, right? But all teachers are under the authority of their principal. Every principal is under the authority of probably a superintendent. Or they are under the authority of the Department of Education. Or if they belong to a higher level of education, they are under the authority of the Commission on Higher Education. So there are authorities that God has given to His people, but one must always acknowledge that even if He has been given an authority, He is governed by a higher authority. That would make you and me a good steward of that authority that God has given to us. Because once you understand that you have the authority in a certain sphere of influence, that would signal you that we should never abuse our authority because that authority is only vested upon you and there is a higher authority that governs your life. Parents, you should not abuse the authority that you have over your children. Why? Because you are accountable to God. If you are a manager in a company, do not abuse your authority because that authority is subject to a higher authority, the owner of the company. If you are the owner of the company, you have to be aware about the matter that you should not abuse your authority because you are under a higher authority. Probably the government, or you would say not the government, but God himself who gave you that authority. So every authority on earth is under a higher authority. If you acknowledge that, that would make you a good steward of that authority that God has placed upon your shoulders. Second thing, not only that every authority on earth is under a higher authority, but the reality that you, we, you and I should never forget. Jesus, Jesus has the authority over everything. Jesus has the authority over everything. You know, there are many times I have observed nowadays that believers somehow has forgotten that the God or the Lord that they serve has the authority over everything. Just this morning, Pastor Arnold shared to me about I think an article or someone who was speaking in, uh, behind uh, the screen and then the person said from January up to this month, there are more than 50 suicide cases in Samwanga City alone. Why is it happening? Because many of us are so overwhelmed with what is happening around the world today. We are so overwhelmed about the cause and the effect of these calamities that have been coming in our midst. But listen, never forget, and this could be your very reason, to be inspired every day, to have courage every moment. Always remember that in the midst of this overwhelming condition, Jesus remains to have authority over everything in your life. Never forget that. 
If you always acknowledge that, that would help you get a courage out of the situation that you are in today. It is so discouraging. It is so devastating. You would hear these words. I don't know what's going to happen next. The future is unknown. We don't know. Are we already in the new normal? Are we transitioning already to the new normal? We don't know. When will this end? We don't know. So somehow, if you keep on listening to those kinds of statements, you will be overwhelmed. But at the end of it, never, never miss to say, yes, we don't know about when will this end. Yes, it is overwhelming. But I would always remind myself that my Jesus has the authority over everything. And that doesn't change. It happened yesterday. It is still the same today, even in the years to come, the authority of my Lord will remain forever. Never forget that. So you believers and followers of Jesus, don't only, do not just remember that every authority on earth is under a higher authority, but you worship the supreme authority, Jesus, who has the authority over everything. Tomorrow when you wake up, you may ponder upon discouraging moments before you sleep during the night. You may have been discouraged about the news that you have been hearing from TV and radio, from Facebook, from Instagram, from Twitter, or from any uh, platform online. You may have been listening to these matters and you are so discouraged and you feel overwhelmed, but every time you wake up in the morning, you always have the reason to rise up. You always have the reason to be encouraged. You always have the reason to move on. Why? Because you always know that Jesus has the authority over everything. So when you go home, tell yourself, I have my Jesus and my Lord has the authority over everything. And his authority will always be the same yesterday, today, and forever. God bless us all and good evening. You just heard a message from Sabuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you grow with your knowledge and journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, follow us on our Facebook page, Instagram, and YouTube. For Facebook, at Sambuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. For Instagram, at Zikaek PH. For YouTube, at Zikaek Ministries. See you there!